It's just a public service announcement sponsored by Just Blaze and the good folks at Rockefeller Records. Fellow Americans, it is with the utmost pride and sincerity that I present this recording as a living testament and recollection of history in the making during our generation. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is Ho, oh, H to the O-V. I used to move snowflakes by the O-Z. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the ROC. All right, all right, all right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football podcast coming to you from a shared universe podcast studio. I'm Weston. With me to my left is my right hand man, Lou. Public service announcement. We are here to run through our first round mock for the 2021 NFL draft. Lou, how pumped are you for tonight? I'm not going to be sleeping for the next three days. Okay. Yeah, I, I think that's an understatement. I haven't been sleeping for the last three days, and I have neglected news and updates in my Twitter feed because it's giving me legitimate agita. The acid reflux is real. You should see my thumb. I think I have carpal tunnels now from keep on uh, refreshing my Twitter feed to see the you know the newest updates and rumors and things like that coming out. That's a real thing. My mother-in-law just had surgery for this because of her thumb and scrolling on a cell phone and it locked into place. So I'm gonna need, Godspeed I'm, I'm to gonna, you. I'm going to need that surgeon's name, bro. Lou, give the audience an idea as to how, since we're only covering the first round and we're going to alternate picks, I believe I'm taking... Odd. Yep. You're going to take even, except for a little minor hiccup early on in the top 15 of the picks. But tell us the mentality that we're aiming to take here. All right. It's a fir- it's a first round mock draft where we will be trying to guess what these NFL GMs are going to do, not what we would do when it comes to you know making the picks, but what we feel like the information we've tried to decipher you know these last couple of days and weeks and what have you during this process, what we think they're going to do. So that's what always makes a mock draft successful is you always try to look at a team's history when it comes to drafting and you know what do they prioritize and what have you. So that is how we're going to be making our picks today. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be some picks we'll tell what we would do. But that's that's not how it's going to go here. It's basically what the teams will do. Perfect. And I know we're going to have some differences on philosophy, and I definitely <clears> want to <throat> leave some area for debate for some debate. Uh, but my goal here is to ensure that come Thursday evening, probably somewhere around midnight Eastern Standard Time, if we have a forty percent success rate between this draft, I would consider that relatively successful considering it's two minds versus a single mind interpreting the first round. That'd be extremely high, but yes. Come on. Got to set the bar high and let's jump over it, baby. Let's get into this. Who's on the clock? Jacksonville Jaguars are on the clock. I am not going to belabor any points here. I don't think this is any secret. So the pick is in. And the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to select Trevor Lawrence, quarterback, Clemson. This is the worst case secret uh, of, I think, of the whole draft process. This is why Urban Meyer came out of retirement. So, yes, that will be the pick for the first pick. Um, Going on to the second pick of the draft, I've stated before during one of our earliest shows, I feel like the Jets are enamored by a certain quarterback prospect. I even threw out the words Aaron Rodgers-esque arm talent, not saying he was Aaron Rodgers, but I said this many, many, many months ago. 
With the second pick of the 2021 NFL Draft, the New York Jets will take Zach Wilson, quarterback at BYU. No arguments here. Funny, though, with all this smoke surrounding the pick that's following it that we're going to get into here in just a moment, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some other names being tossed around given the offensive philosophy that now resides in New York and specifically Michael Floor being the the offensive coordinator might be enamored by some other folks out there but I think this is I do think this is a lock but it wouldn't shock me if all of a sudden it wasn't and you got a little stir crazy come draft and had to go with maybe an even sexier name but I, to me I think this is the pick all day. Yes. All right. So next up, with the third overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. This is where it gets interesting. This now. is where the draft starts. This is where the draft starts. 100%. It, the San Francisco 49ers are on the clock. Uh, we know they traded up from 12 to 3. We know from press conference after press conference that they're selecting a quarterback. Yesterday's press conference suggested they want to select a starting quarterback. I don't know if that means for after the 2021 season or if they're trying to find somebody that they can play in the 2021 season. But everything that I have heard, read, gut feelings, everything, and I hate to say this, but the pick is in. And the 49ers select quarterback from Alabama, Mac Jones. I am donning a number 10 jersey right now, and I think they're going to replace the individual who will wear number 10 on their roster moving forward. That's what I think is going to happen. The only reason why, obviously, I do agree with this, you've had many experts state it, like, you know, state this fact, but now it's starting to come out. They're desperately trying to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, and if you're going to try to trade Jimmy Garoppolo sooner than later, I'm assuming you need a more uh, quarterback, you know, uh, more ready pro. And that's where Mac Jones comes – his style of play comes in. He's more uh, uh, ready when it comes to uh, getting on the field at first. Can I interject my fandom here for just a moment? Go ahead. By no means do I want this to be the pick. That's that, like I This said. is where all signs point to. Mm-hmm. I agree. If the, the talk is true about we want to ship out Jimmy and receive some collateral in return, the only way you do that is you select an NFL-ready quarterback. And by all definitions, this individual seems to be quarterback, I mean, NFL-ready now. Now, if the pick is somebody else, I think Jimmy stays, that person gets a, a red shirt. The reason why I don't love this pick as a fan of this team, it's not that I don't like Mac Jones. It's not that I don't think Mac Jones will be unsuccessful in Kyle Shanahan's office uh, offense. What I don't like is that we traded two future first round picks to move up to this number three pick to get somebody that in all sincerity probably could have been there at 12. But I am super documented all the time of saying GMs and coaches do not listen to fans. They don't care what we think at the end of the day. And if you believe in somebody and that somebody is your guy, go get your guy. And I think this is Kyle Shanahan's guy. Okay, so next up with the Atlanta Falcons, another intriguing aspect. They do like Trey Lance. That's almost a fact. A lot they, to like about him. And they would love to uh, have him sit for a time behind Matt Ryan, uh, but they can't have him sit for two years because Matt Ryan, his dead cap hit uh, would be at, you know enormous next year. So there's definitely some jockeying. I personally feel like 
they're going to pass on a quarterback. If they were interested in, in taking a quarterback, why have they been desperately trying to trade out, right? If you want, if you were, if your quarterback is there, they're not trying to get Mac Jones. So if your quarterback is there, why would they, tra- you know, why are they trying to trade out? I think, and now they're floating around with, you know, trading Julio Jones. I think they will look to stay the course and try to rebuild, kind of like a, like a, not a rebuild per se, but maybe a retool. Uh, and I think they will try to basically get an offensive weapon to replace Julio Jones. And I think the pick is in. And with the fourth, and with the fourth pick of the 2021 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons take the unicorn Kyle Pitts, tight end, wide receiver, offensive weapon out of Florida. I just think it makes too much sense. I think if you're picking four in this quarterback draft class on paper, there's a, a few very appealing options. But I also think Matt Ryan still has good football in him. And if there's an opportunity to maximize it, if you're conjecturing on moving on from Julio, you you got to find somebody that can somewhat adequately replace that production. I totally disagree with this pick. If you're picking four and there's a quarterback out there, you got to go for that quarterback. But, hey, this is what they will do, I think. All right. All right. So next up at five overall is the Cincinnati Bengals. I think Cincinnati is in in an ideal spot. They can go so many different ways. I think they could slide out of here um, for anybody that's looking to come up and grab one of these quarterbacks, get even more collateral. But we're not entertaining trades in this particular uh, draft format, if you will. I know the sexy pick is probably to shore up the offensive line, protect Burrow, et cetera. But for me, this pick is obvious and the pick is in. It is wide receiver Jamar Chase from LSU reuniting former teammates with high production getting more weapons for that offense. NFL is offense-driven, need-to-score points. They're going to need to score 30 to 35 points a game in that division to be competitive, and I think he contributes. Yeah, and Cincinnati, they love wide receivers. How many times do they draft wide receivers early? You have in Chase, you had John Ross, Chad Ochocinco. Uh, they keep T. Higgins last year. They love wide – they put a premium at that position, and it's their history. So I do believe they'll take the mentality, reunite Burrow with uh, Chase, and uh, you know later on in the draft you get some good offensive linemen later on. Very deep offensive yep. line class. Uh, I agree that Jamar Chase has the potential to be Ocho Cinco esque from a pure production standpoint. Mm-hmm. Not knocking T Higgins, but if you can line this guy up across from T Higgins with Joe Mixon in the backfield with a young quarterback, opportunity for success. Yep. All right, so next is the Miami Dolphins with the sixth pick, and it's no, no, no secret once again that they're trying to make their offense more explosive, and they want to upgrade at the skills position, and specifically, you know, the wideout position. Yes, they would have loved Pitts, they would have loved Chase, but there's two players here I'm jockeying back and forth. Obviously, Devontae Smith, uh, you great playmaker out of Alabama, and then Jalen Waddle, an, another playmaker out of Alabama. I actually think I might surprise you here, and I'm going to say, is the if you, pick in? oh no, the pick is not in yet. But looking at their numbers, when when Waddle was on the field healthy, he was the man in Alabama, as opposed to Smith. Smith was great too. Don't get me wrong. So I don't want to basically downplay what he did. 
But Waddle, for example, during the first couple of games when they were both on the field, he had 25 receptions, 557 yards, and four touchdowns. That equates to 21.1 average yards per catch. Versus Smith's uh, production, 38 catches, more catches, less yards, 483 yards, same amount of touchdowns, four, and he had a 15.9 average yards per catch. All that being said, they want to get more explosive. Waddle is the name that you keep on hearing compared to Tyreek Hill. So I actually think the pick is in. And they're going to pick Jalen Waddle, wide receiver at Alabama. I'm going to play a devil's advocate for just a moment. I actually do enjoy the pick, and I and I think highly of Jalen Waddle. But I think it's going to also be hard for them to ignore that Jalen Waddle missing a full season with an injury, or the majority of the season with an injury, and Devonta Smith coming off of a Heisman Trophy year performance. I don't think they're going to go wrong either way, uh, but I, I, I too think if I'm making this pick, it's probably Jalen Waddle for me, which is surprising because – so much conjecture about Devontae Smith going in the top six of this draft. And now there's potential that he might even slide out of the top 10. Time will tell. Let's see what these other teams are thinking. And by the way, I'm not sure if Miami's really picking a six and getting Waddle. They might try to slide down a couple of picks and still obtain Waddle. I'm not even sure Atlanta's picking at four, right? I mean, I think there's, there's Everyone's, opportunities here. I think they're looking at Denver and be like, please come up. There's going to be quarterback FOMO, yeah. right? And who's going to who's gonna pull the trigger? Exactly. I think this seven pick here is another prime example of that. I can't picture the, I can't picture the Lions picking here, but go ahead. All right. So for me, I'm thinking, what do the Lions desperately need? And I can only draw a straight line back to a quarterback right now. We've talked about how Jared Goff is not the answer. He's serviceable. So if these other two individuals that are still on this board that have appeal to them, is this an opportunity to get somebody that I can redshirt? And the whole reason why I brought Jared Goff over here was to be a bridge, to be serviceable in the first place and then figure out and beyond. Or do I want to build around the offensive line so when I do go find that in you know that replacement for Goff a year or two years from now – I'm not worried about formatting my offensive line around him. But for me, this pick is Trey. The pick is in. And I gave it away, but it's the quarterback from North Dakota State. It's Trey Lance. Yeah, I mean, if they stay there, I can kind of see that. Um, I know they also love Parsons out of of, uh, Penn State. He's definitely a Dan Campbell guy. Uh, and they, they a look, kneecap guy. Yeah, he's a kneecap guy. He goes for those kneecaps. Uh, I don't feel like they're going to be picking there whatsoever. They're desperately trying to trade back, and I would probably have them targeting, like I said, uh, Penny Sewell or probably Parsons. So I'm not going to agree with you here on this one, but that's that's the beauty of this. But the but the logic is somewhat sound, right? If I all of a sudden one of these guys like falls into my lap. It's the most coveted position in mm-hmm. the NFL. I don't have one of the most coveted players in the NFL playing that position right now. So if I'm in a repeat performance where I'm picking in the top 10 next year, maybe that's building the offensive line. We already know that the prospective quarterback camp next year for the 2022 NFL draft doesn't look anything like the 2021 landscape. Mm-hmm. So maybe I'm just it's an opportune scenario that I have to take advantage of. All right, so next, that leaves the Carolina Panthers at eight, and that's going to leave them in a big conundrum. Uh, it's Sewell Fields here. It has to be. 
ultimately they would love to trade down once again. You're going to hear this. You know, this is going to be a reoccurring theme about trading down. Their new GM, Scott uh, Fitterer, he comes from Seattle, the Seahawks. And what do the Seahawks love to do when it comes in the first round? They love to trade down and obtain additional picks. In addition, with the Carolina Panthers, I I read some interesting things that the last like six to seven years, they've averaged only like six draft picks a draft. And they desperately want to increase that number this year, next year, and maybe in the year after. So they would love to trade down. But with this draft, we're not doing any trades. So now it basically comes down to are we taking Penne Sewell? to fortify their left tackle needs, or Justin Fields. And uh, the pick is in. Justin Fields, quarterback, Ohio State. They're, they were going hard after uh, Watson. They Yes, I know they obtained uh, Darnold, but guess what? They didn't pick up his, his uh, fifth-year option yet. So I think uh, they're trying to really improve that quarterback room. And can you have any... Too many good quarterbacks, really? So I feel like it would be Justin Fields. And there you have it. Five quarterbacks in the top ten of, of overall. I think this leaves Denver between a rock and a hard place. I really think they were being optimistic that one of those two, whether it be Trey Lance, Justin Fields, would be available to them. I also think that, like you're talking about trading back, like I think New England is clamoring to jump up here into mm-hmm. the top 10. So that's always going to be an opportunity. And I honestly don't know where that leaves Denver. Um, I, I, I think if I'm sitting here and nobody wants to move and nobody wants to, to trade, the obvious thing for me to do here is I'm just going to fortify the offensive line and continue to protect whoever I put behind center. So for me... Just looking at the board, this is obvious, and the pick is in. And it, it's going to be left tackle out of Oregon, Penny Sewell. What? I hate to disagree again, but I don't think this would be where they go. They might go with Sean Slater here because they would need more help on the interior line if they do go uh, offensive line. That being said, I feel like the Denver Broncos will look – Obviously, to, once again, to trade down, but if we're not doing any trades, look, I feel like they'd be enamored by getting another cornerback. They've done a great job of obtaining, you know, Fuller. He's only on a one-year deal. So I would think for them to look at Sertain or Horn uh, to provide some longevity in that back end and that defense. Can't argue that. What I will argue is that there is, you can never have enough offensive line depth. And if Sewell is the crown jewel that everybody is making him out to be, why would I not go find a bona fide starter at the most important position on the offensive line to protect a young quarterback, whomever that might be, whether that's Drew Locke or if we're addressing that later in this draft, you know, with some of those middle round guys that might beat him out in camp, I got to keep them upright. So, you know, I, I think sometimes offensive linemen, it's not the sexiest pick, Lou, but, Ask any team that doesn't have an offensive line and how hard it they is have, to be productive yeah. on the offensive side of the ball. They actually have a pretty good offensive line, though. Yep. Uh, that being said, the Dallas Cowboys, this one will be quick. I feel like in the draft room, in the war room, they have defense, defense, defense. That defense was atrocious last year. It gave up the second most points it ever gave up in franchise history. So 
They need to do a better job on defense. There's no edge rushers that really will move the needle for them. This is going to be simple. The pick is already in. With the 10th pick of the draft, the Dallas Cowboys select Patrick Sertain, the second cornerback out of Alabama. I love it. I, I can't even dispute it. I think of the what we have identified as the top-tier corners in this draft, I think he just fits what they're trying to do defensively a little bit better. And we had this conversation when you yes. tagged J.C. Horn as the uh, cornerback one. I said it's dependent upon scheme, right? And, and who's picking where, who's going to take who. And I just think Sertain it fits that. And no secret, if you look at any other mock draft out there, you're seeing certain draw to them in pretty much every scenario. Yeah, I just think J.C. Horn, he would be good with Dallas. Don't get me wrong. He's going to be JC good Horn. anywhere. Exactly. However, they're, they brought in Dan Quinn defensive court uh, for the defensive coordinator. He ran a cover three scheme at Atlanta and in Seattle. Sertain would fit better in that cover three zone scheme. All right, let's go up to the G-men. So I love that I'm, I'm making this pick. And I think, I don't want to say it's going to be controversial. I firmly in my heart believe that the Giants were really hoping that Jalen Waddle fell to them. I really believe that. And I know Giants fans will come out and tell you, Mika Parsons, like this is an opportune time to take Parsons. To me, there's too many unknowns off the field with Parsons that have been coming to fruition as of late where he just doesn't strike me as a Gettleman guy at this point. So the most Gettleman guy that is on the board right now. So I'll, I'll make the pick and then I'll give a quick explanation. So the pick is in. Wide receiver from Alabama, former Heisman Trophy winner Devonta Smith is the pick for the G-men here. I think even with the signing of Kenny Galladay, they are still looking to bring in premier pass threat weapons to support Daniel Jones and his growth. And I think what's even sexier about bringing Devonta in in this particular pick, no pressure to be number one guy right out of the gate. And they'll ask him to do things that he did really well in Alabama. We'll put you in the slot. We'll run you all over the place. We'll find mismatches everywhere and we'll get you open because we got the outside the number guy right mm -hmm. now that we just brought in in free agency. And Lou, you and I have been watching this game long enough to know that those big names that you bring in from the outside in free agency, more often than not, don't pan out, yeah. right? So here's here's how I'm hedging my bet is I'm, I'm bringing in youth that I can groom to pair with my young quarterback as well. So to me, again, and I just think Devonta Smith has David Gettleman written all over him, even his pro day, showing up hurt to the pro day, driving all the way out, being there on the day that like he wasn't going. I, just a lot of things about his character to like that screams a, a New York football giant football player. I'll tell you right now, I don't know if they even know where they're trying to go. Joe, Joe Judge, he loves Devontae Smith. The scouts love J.C. Horn. Gettleman loves Parsons. And then you have these experts mocking Quiddy Pay to them. So – they're all over the place, the Giants. I At this point, I still need a little more information. To, if Gettleman loves Parsons, I feel like he's the type of guy that's going to override. And I understand what you're saying, that it's too much off-the-field character issue. But Gettleman is like, I don't care. He obviously doesn't care what people think of him in regards to making controversial picks. So 
it's going it's going to be interesting. So I listen. Devontae Smith makes 100 percent sense there, and the Eagles are probably ecstatic that they put Devontae Smith because <clears throat> they have so many holes, and there's two guys that the Eagles are really looking. Oh, wait, at. wait, wait, wait! I'm making this pick. Oh, you're yeah. going 13, 14. So <laughs> I just realized that as I was looking at it. Okay, go ahead. So. I agree with you that the Eagles are probably thrilled to death because they probably would have felt forced to do this, to to pick Devontae Smith if he was there. And we know how Jalen Rager worked out for them last year as a first round and Mm -hmm. all the the debauchery around not taking Justin Jefferson and other things that they were in position to do. So if I am the Eagles, I think what I need to do here is get better on defense and get better on defense fast but does that mean i'm shoring up the back end of my defense or am i finding a chess piece that i can move all over the field right now who i probably didn't expect was going to fall to me in the first place who i thought might even go in the pick in front of me and that's the i think that's the pick i'm going to make so the pick is in and for the philadelphia eagles at 12 overall are going to select linebacker from penn state mika parsons Interesting. So he stays in state. Eagles never pick a linebacker in the first round, man. They, they New regime. New regime. And you said holes. And I think even though this guy plays one position uh, on a depth chart, he does a lot of things on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I just I would think they would go J.C. Horn there. Uh, that would be my honest opinion. I think that they, uh, they fortify the back end. They pair him up with Darius Slay. Because uh, they need to make a strength. They don't have any strengths on that team. They need to make a strength, and I think it would be J.C. Can you not argue linebacker just became a strength by adding this particular individual? I think because no, he's only one. There's no there's no one else in that yep. second level. So that not, not, it's improved, but it's not a strength. I look at it like it's going to be really hard for the Eagles to make the wrong pick here based on the talent that's still on the board because there's so many holes. Good news for them is on paper, whoever they pick at 12 is – Penciled in as a day one starter, regardless of what position they play. Yeah, yeah, and there's also rumors they like Quiddy Pay too, but yep. I actually think it's a smokescreen, hoping that that forces the Giants to uh, trade up for Quiddy Pay because yep. that's another route the Giants can go down. It's not a real deep edge, edge class here, yeah. you know. And and how often have we seen that before? And they got a, and these edge players got a lot of uh, warts on them. You got Phillips, the injury history. Yep. You got uh, Ojolari of Georgia, knee issues. Uh, some other players haven't played since 2019, so a lot of warts on the edge players. That's why Quiddy Pay is getting pushed up the board. Usually at this point, there's at least one edge yep. off the board, right? 12 picks in. So with the 13th pick, uh, we got the Los Angeles Chargers. And shocked the one players here were Sean Slater, uh, offensive tackle out of Northwestern. You would think that would make this that you'd think that would be the pick. But I am definitely Interested what the head coach what Brandon? Will they do. I'm, I'm talking this through. Brandon Staley said he wanted to get bigger on the offensive line. And what's the the one knock on on Slater? His size. Yeah. He doesn't have the arm length or what have you. And guess who does? Christian Darasaw. Darasaw is your prototypical size left tackle. All that being said, jockeying. They also have gone for, with versatility around, among the offensive line, and I think the pick is in. And the Los Angeles Chargers actually do not charger, and they pick the better player, Rashawn Slater, offensive tackle on Northwestern. 
And I would stand up and applaud this pick. I think versatility, skill set, tape he's put out there, this guy's a good player, and I think he's going to be a tackle in the NFL. Regardless of what you want to say about short arms, he might just be one of those exceptions to the rule. And why I say that, he is super intelligent. So smart. Super intelligent, and that will always make up for some physical deficiencies. Did I tell you – did I show you that video of him – Basically, he was breaking down a whiteboard session. What every offensive lineman on the, what every player on the offensive line had to do in order to succeed at that position for like a certain play, whether it's a running play or offense or a, or a pass blocking play, he knew everyone's assignments. It was insane. To me, he's a guy that even if you're not certain about him out on the the left tackle spot, put him for at his rookie, you put him at guard, get him acclimated to the speed of the game, let him learn the offense and the assignments, yeah. and he will be your left tackle. All right, next up. That's you. Okay. You're going back to back, and then I'll take 15, and we'll go back odd, yep. even, odd, even. So the Minnesota Vikings are at the at the 14th slot, and rumors are they do like Phillips. The issue then, once again, becomes uh, the pass rusher out of Miami is his injury history. Uh, they do have a hole at offensive line, so that's another thing you have to take. A, they have no left tackle right now, and I believe they're going to – take the best offensive lineman that's still on the board. And notice how I say offensive lineman. I did not say offensive tackle. The rumor is that you can slide Christian Darisaw there, left tackle. That would make sense. But I don't think that's where they go. Uh, and I think the pick is in. And it's going to be a little shocking. I'm going to explain why after the pick is in. But with, but with the 14th pick of the draft, the Minnesota Vikings take Elijah Vera Tucker. Now, he ha- we covered him in the past, saying he's basically, from an athletic standpoint, and also from a skill standpoint, very similar to Zach Martin. So he would play left guard. He also can play left tackle in a pinch. But from what I've read, that if they do make this pick, they would move their left guard, Cleveland, out to left tackle, who used to play left tackle for Boise State. So they would just do a little offensive line shuffling there. So that's who I think the pick would be. Did I throw you for a loop? Yes. <laughs> you think defensive end? I was thinking edge. I'm thinking Zimmer's in there, pounding the table, give me another edge guy, give me another edge, edge guy. But I think his scouts and his GM and his personnel people are probably sitting there saying, there's not really one who's worthy of this 14th pick. If we want to slide out, perhaps. You pegged Vera Tucker as somebody, AVT as you called him, as somebody who could potentially be a top 10 pick. Regardless of position, you tack, he's, he's got experience at tackle. He's got experience at guard. So versatility, versatility, versatility. I I, I like the pick. Um, but I can't help get Mike Zimmer out of my head sitting there being like, give me a defensive end, give me a defensive it's end. It's so risky, though. It is. With this class, it is, right? Like, I don't I don't see anybody that's a, a sure thing or anybody that just, like, lit up the charts. Look for them to trade up, too, with Denver, possibly. That's definitely something for an offensive lineman, maybe for a Slater or what have you. So I would watch out for that, too. Well, this is the conundrum that I'm in right now here at 15, is I firmly believe – which is not New England Patriot-esque, but given the aggressiveness that we saw from them in the offseason around free agency, I'm not going to be surprised if they try to drop, jump into the top 10 and get one of those two quarterbacks that makes it out of Carolina, the top three picks. Carolina and Detroit, that's there, who they're, who they're there's, There about. are teams that are going to be willing to slide back and still get quality players in this 15 spot. 
The other person that we've always identified as a Bill Belichick guy or, or piece was Mika Parsons, who's no longer on the board. So I'm looking at like who's available, and I, if this is exactly how the draft fell with no trades, whatever, Belichick's out of this pick. Like he's doing everything in his power mm-hmm. to get out of this pick and slide back down and say, I'll just stack my defense. I'll stack my defense. I'll stack my defense. So what does he do? I think here, if this is the spot that I'm faced in, what is Bill Belichick's staple? It is having a strong defense. There is a highly regarded defensive player that is still on this board where they have an aging star at that they probably don't want to pay. So for me, the pick is in. And at 15 overall for the New New England Patriots, the pick is cornerback J.C. Horn from South Carolina. That's, yeah. I mean, they've been trying to... It's just what makes sense with who's here. They've been trying to float Gilmore out there for a long time to get rid of him. And there's even talks of them trying to, when they're moving up, to include Gilmore in the deal, too. So that would make sense for teams like Carolina and the Lions who need help at that cornerback position. So, but and yeah, for this point, this is you hit the hit the nail on the head. I here. think this is a win for both if this is how the board actually falls, because you get a really, really good player who plays aggressive in man coverage. Belichick loves to play man coverage and put his D-backs out on the island. And he's had the luxury of doing such with a Stefan Gilmore, who was defensive player of the year, but also a great environment for JC Horn to yep. go to, a winning culture. So I, I feel like this is a win on both sides. Well, I'm gonna tell you who's pissed. Every other team picking after. <laughs> well, and, just, and specifically, the Arizona Cardinals uh, is, are furious over this. The fact they have a couple of players they were interested in is Waddle was one and Horn is the other. So for him to go right before them uh, really w- would uh, probably piss them off. Now they could because they do need a corner because Patrick Peterson left uh, to Minnesota. So they do need a quarter cornerback. A couple of names being floated out there. Greg Newsom, a cornerback out of Northwestern. Also... Depending on his medicals, how about Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech? Um, that medical that we saw it was today, awful. that that's scary. Yeah, that's I don't think one that, of those long term lingering. Like, yeah, super talented player, but I'm not shocked if he falls out of the first round in its entirety. So once again, I might make a pick that you're 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 not gonna like, and you probably think it's crazy, but Arizona Cardinals love those chess pieces. They love those players. Look, the Isaiah Simmons last year. Uh, Buddha Baker, uh, you know the, the the Honey Badger. Yep, they love players that play multiple positions to do multiple things. Am I wrong by saying that? I'd like to tell you you are, but you're not. Yes, I know I'm never wrong. All so right, that there being, you are. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'll probably be wrong. I, this will be this will not be the pick, but I'm going to shock you with the name here, and the pick is in with the 16th pick. The Arizona Cardinals take Zavin Collins. Now, I know, I have Tulsa, linebacker. So you're probably saying, what? What's going on? First of all, he's great in coverage, but he's a big backer too. He's like almost 270. He play, he can also is a, he's one of the better edge rushers on this, in this, in this, uh, in this draft. So he can do multiple things. There's a lot of talks of that that would be their plan B over a, perhaps a running back. So Zavin Collins out of Tulsa. That shocked you. That definitely shocked you. It shocked me, but when you position it the way that you positioned it, it actually makes complete sense to anybody that's listening because I think he is different than last year's first round pick, right? He's not the run small run and chase linebacker. He's more of a so, rusher. Yeah, so they're going to have a nice complement there of one another. 
And again, Chandler we're Jones? not in these war rooms. We don't know what the draft board looks like. We can only go off of like what's accessible to us via the internet. And somebody might say, hey, that guy's ranked 25 to 30. But on the Cardinals draft board, he might be in the top 15. You heard John Lynch actually say in his press conference yesterday, they only identified 160 draftable players in this draft. There are far more than 160 picks in the in the NFL draft, right? So Don't teams be- have different mentality. So I am shocked you're making this pick. But when you label it the way you do, it makes perfect sense to me. One other thing real quick. Don't forget Chandler Jones is getting up there in age. A little more bumps and bruises on him. This could be perhaps a a backup plan uh, for when he does move to greener pastures. And I'm not talking about dying. I'm just saying retiring or or free agency. Sounds an awful Hey, listen, if Shanahan can get all dark yesterday, I can get all dark today. But then you have George Kittle, who's the light. He says, Coach, I will call you on Sunday to let you know I'm alive. All right. So, so here we are at 17 for the, almost at Oakland, the Las Vegas Raiders. Again, a not ideal spot, but also a team that just has plenty of holes that I think there's an opportunity to fill. Um, and it's funny because a lot of direct lines have been drawn to this individual, and I think it is in an area – of immediate need and I hope he doesn't fall into the Mike Mayock John Gruden you pick who, where and why Uh, but for me the pick is in linebacker out of Notre Dame Jeremiah Owosu Koromo I'm so happy you picked him because I, I did not want to say that. How did I do on that pronunciation, you did pretty by well. the way? You did pretty well. And yes, they are going to a 4-3, cover three scheme uh, with uh, Gus Bradley. I think you had to hit the nail on the head of the position. But I know that you see another name out there that might have been a little no, bit more. No, I, I, I might surprise you once again. Jamin Davis, a linebacker out of Kentucky, yeah, that's- would, fit, would fit more, I feel like, of their scheme. I'm not sure if uh, Owasu or Kamora, uh, I think he might be more of a safety. So maybe they – it'd be interesting how they deploy him. But I, I think Jamin Davis would be uh, the better fit. But, yes, I do think they're looking at that defensive side of the ball. I just think he fits the the, the yeah. attractive piece that like people like Deion Buchanan and other folks – Mark Barron have played that hybrid safety mm-hmm. linebacker who will come thump, can run around the field a little bit. And you got to love the fact that he comes from Notre Dame, right? So head on his shoulders. Um, I think I think that's also something that like Mike Mayock and John yep. Gruden covet. All right. So we're, let's start picking up the pace here. Uh, with I think eight, we're actually doing pretty, yeah. pretty decently. Yeah, with 18th pick, we got the Miami Dolphins up on the board. And they got a playmaker in Waddle with their first pick, uh, and their second pick. I think Flores is like, "Can I get? Can I get my guy? Can I get an edge rusher here?" Uh, and I personally believe it's between one or two players. Uh, Quiddy Pay, who's very versatile. He kind of reminds me of like a little Melvin Ingram esque. You can play him on the outside. You can, you can play over as a three technique. You can line him up everywhere. Or Jalen Phillips. Jalen Phillips, better player. More explosive, better production, bigger question mark. And that's where I think, once again, I do think Phillips is, because he didn't get checked at the combine, that's really going to bite him. Uh, I still think he'll be a first-round pick. But the pick is in for the Miami Dolphins. And with the 18th pick, the Miami Dolphins take Quiddy Pay, edge, linebacker, defensive end out of Michigan. 
I agree. I, I, I think I know we we did some mocks last week and I had them taking Najee Harris here about adding some offensive weapons, but that was me acting as the general manager. Yeah, exactly. What Today you want to do is you acting as our or what we think their general manager would actually do. And that was the pushback that I received is like, how are you not going edge here? And lo and behold, an edge felled me at 36 anyway. So yeah. makes all sense. So here we are at 19 overall with the Washington football team. I don't know. I I I just I think there was an opportunity that if some people slipped, they could be in in quarterback territory. Um, I I just think there's. Do they want to continue to bolster the offense? Do we want to continue to bolster the defense, which is already the strength? So my pick here, uh, yeah. I mean, our their pick here to me might shock you. Yeah, so the pick is in for me, and this is actually wide receiver from Minnesota, Rashad Bateman. Wow, that is a shock. That, that. I just think keep keep getting weapons for whoever your young quarterback post fits magic is going to be. Um I've I I love Rashad Bateman's tape, to be honest with you. I just I think this is where they're gonna just look and say, who's the best player on my board? You know, and I think there's ample opportunity he'd be the best player on the board. Like they're not gonna go edge again. They're not gonna go D lineman again. Maybe linebacker was an opportunity. Yes. Bolster the offensive line a little bit. But I'm looking for a little more. If I'm GM, I'm looking for a little bit more flash in the pan. Yeah, they they have a uh, there's numerous names being floated out there. The linebacker at Notre Dame that you had the uh, the Raiders take that's something that we're really high on. I think you might have forgotten about the offensive tackle out of Virginia Tech. I didn't forget about him. Um, he's a local prospect. He's he's local there, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, it's a definitely area of need because they don't have a left tackle. I know they trade for Flowers, but Flowers is a guard. So it was between. Bateman and Darasaw for me. Yeah, um, I, I think Darasaw would have been the uh, would have been the pick for me. All right, you're up. Okay, at twenty, the Chicago Bears. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where you even start with this. Uh, what's the next best quarterback out there? Now, all kidding aside, uh, Kellen Mund. <laughs> all kidding aside, I think that offense has been anemic, and that's just putting it politely. They have they, – they tagged and they brought back Allen Robinson, which they shouldn't have done. And they have no one else really outside of Allen Robinson. And when you look at their roster, right, they like players. Don't forget where Nagy came from. Where did he come from? Kansas City, right? Mm-hmm. They like players that are like almost gadgety and like at the, at the skills position. Look at the players they have. Darnell Mooney, uh, Riley Ridley. Uh, Anthony Miller. You notice the trend? They're small. They're quick, and I think they they're still looking for that Tyreek Hill or that you know that that gadgety player to really do a lot for them. And I think this might once again you might think this is a reach for them. I already know where you're going. I don't know if you do. Uh, and with the twentieth pick, the pick is in. The Chicago Bears take Elijah Moore, wide receiver, out of Mississippi. Whoa. I told you. I told you, bro. I did not think you were going You thought going I was going there. Tony, right? I thought you were either I going. I think there's some issues with his knee. Yeah, Kadarius or even 
Marshall, you know, from, from what, LSU. Injury, possibly yep. injury issues. Yeah, yeah. No, listen, I gushed about Elijah Moore last week. Yeah. I am a huge fan of his. Once again, this is not what I would do. This is what yep. I think they will do. And, There's a history of them liking these type of players. And, and Lou, the, the majority of the listeners are going to say, Elijah Moore is 43 or 44 on the draft board. Again, keep in mind we are taking the general manager's thought process and their approach, and I assure you every NFL team's draft board looks different than Mm -hmm. one another's based on their offense, what they covet from an individual, past production, and holes they fill. So this is not a crazy pick, but it did come out of left field for me. All right. So 21, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, I don't know what we can debate in a second, but I'll just tell you the pick is in based on who's on the board. And with that 21st overall pick, the Indianapolis Colts are going to select Christian Darasau, offensive tackle, Virginia Tech. Shocked that he's still here. I think there are teams that were probably faltering, but you got Costanza retiring, and they missed out in the Trent Williams uh, sweepstakes. Can't stand you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, no, this would be – if they would be up in arms. They'd be so happy uh, with to get Christian Darasau. It would make it a little tougher if the information that came out of Georgia with Aziz Ojolari, because they really are high in him too, but apparently he has some knee issues. So that it would make it a little harder to make that decision. But yeah, get get uh, Carson Wentz, uh, the blindside protector, and Christian Darasaw. For me, this was between left tackle and DN. And to me, left tackle is, is the need. I need somebody to pair alongside of Quentin Nelson and to keep Carson Wentz upright. Yeah, yeah. All right, so now we got the Tennessee Titans with the 22nd pick, and they have a lot of needs, believe it or not. Uh, they have needs at right tackle. They have needs at um, <clears throat> not only that, uh, at wide receiver because they let Corey Davis go. They have needs at tight end because they let Jonah Smith go. Uh, there's a they have needs at, in the secondary because of they cut two of their starting you know secondary players. So there's a lot of different directions they really can go here, and it's tough. So, oof. gets hairy. It, it does. It does. Would this be a spot where Caleb Farley perhaps the fall stops? I don't think so, to be honest with you. Do they go back to the well and try to get that right tackle? Because they have absolutely no right tackle help uh, on that on that on that team. Uh, Kendall Lamb is their starting tackle, and I think they kind of go back to that well. Because you can get another receivers, you know, later on in the draft, and I think the pick is in. I would for as of right now, I would say Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle of Oklahoma State. This guy is a bully. He's awesome to watch on tape. He manhandles people. Doesn't that sound like a type of player that Mike Rabel likes? I mean, on the left hand side, you got Taylor Lewan, who does the same exact thing. And this kid is a bully that can be out there on the, on the right-hand side. Yeah, um, I, I think he fits perfectly with what they want to do and running the football and running it aggressively, especially in the fourth quarter uh, of games when they're taking the life from you. Mm-hmm. So 23 overall, we got the the New York Jets already drafted, the hopefully their future quarterback in, in Zach Wilson, number two overall. So, but another team that still has needs, right? So there's still a lot of good players on the board that they might look at. But to me, I'm thinking about how do I protect my future investment? 
And I think that's how they're probably looking at it too. I have Makai Becton, you know, who's my starting left tackle. Very good. How else can I get better on the offensive line? So the pick is in. And at 23 overall, the New York Jets select Creed Humphrey Center from Oklahoma. That'd be a solid pick. Uh, I can definitely see them going down that direction. I need a quarterback. I know. And I want my center and my quarterback. I need a quarterback of my offensive line to finish my statement. And I want my center, my young center paired with my young quarterback. And I want them being in the same page of my offense at all times. The only thing I'm going to say, and I don't agree with this, and I don't think you will agree with this either, but their head coach is a defensive-minded coach. Yep. They're running a really specific cover four, you know, uh, cover three scheme. They need horses there. There's a player there that I think would be a tremendous reach that I think I can picture them going. Edge rusher out of Miami, Gregory Rousseau. I think Robert Sala would take would love the ability to mold this player. This would be his like not a reclamation project, but this would be his, his project. This would be his project. Like this guy has so look, he killed it in 2019 with like 20 sacks. Let me I've lost it on one side. This will be my bigger defensive end on the other side. I could picture I could picture it being something like that, but I can't fault the uh, the pick. Freed Humphrey definitely makes sense. I, I I look at Robert Sala and I say this is a guy who gets a lot from mm-hmm. his players. So I think just by having him there, he's automatically bolstering the skill set of his defense, and they've invested in the defense. But I also went out and invested in someone like Corey Davis. I have Mackay Becton. I just picked up my quarterback. I have to protect for the next ten years, right? If a, He's going to be the head coach for at least three to four years. I know his contract might say longer, but he'll get at least three, a three to four year yeah. grace period unless he does something to the Johnson family. Um, so I, I agree with that sentiment. I just think logic here would say, and scouts and his offensive coordinator are going to say, I need to keep this quarterback upright, who we're probably playing day one. Yep. All right. So the Pittsburgh Seals are on the clock with the 24th selection. Um, they're extremely. They're a desperate franchise now. They have a lot of holes. They're coming off a of, you know a big year, but I do see their stock. I'm a little bearish on the P- Pittsburgh Steelers, so I feel like they're extremely desperate. They're like that guy looking for that girl at last call. Anyone, please just come home with me. So what they're going to try to do is they were pretty pissed last year that they couldn't run the ball. So a normal person would think, all right, you can't run the ball. You bolster the offensive line. What I'm hearing, what I'm seeing, they want Najee Harris of Alabama. Of Alabama. But you, you also can make, you know, cases for offensive line as well. Um, taking a look at the board, there's no one there. Maybe if Jenkins slipped, but I actually think the pink is in. What do you do? What don't you ever do in the first round of, of an NFL draft? You draft a running back, Najee Harris. Running back at Alabama. I'm going to pound the table for Najee as a, a good pick. I just think he is not he, – he's just a little different to me. The way he carries himself, the way he runs the ball, I, I think, and I think that fits the mold of what the Pittsburgh Steelers want to do. Yeah, but their offense. offensive line is, has been bad. I know, I know. But so who's going to be blocking for him? You're going to make that argument for anybody, so I'm going to want somebody who absorbs a few hits <laughs> along the way. Yeah, well, you're going to hit two or three yards yep. down, you know, in the backfield. <laughs> so right. 25th overall, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars. This one's hard. This is very hard. 
Um, so I think they're starting to look at need, need, need. I got my savior number one overall. I, I'm going to tie this back to the defense. When was Jacksonville – the last time they were super competitive, they had one of the top defenses in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I think they need to start, and they think they need to start rebuilding that to make your argument from the defensive front moving backwards. Mm-hmm. But I'm not looking at edge. For me, the pick is in. Or for the Jaguars, the pick is in. At 25 overall, it, it's Christian Barmore, defensive tackle, Alabama. I can definitely see that uh, being there. I'm going to throw some nuggets at you. Are you hungry? I'm actually starving. I, so. I, didn't, I didn't eat that either. So I'm going to throw some crispy McDonald's chicken nuggets at you. Jason Owe, edge at Penn State. Listen to me. Hold on. Before I know, he was recruited by Urban Meyer at high school. Trent Balky has a history of stacking pass rushers. What were you saying before? Somebody's they, going to roll the dice on him. Someone's going to roll the dice on him. Would it be shocked that they would, you know, they would take a little more aggressive approach to their second first round pick for a higher ceiling? I mean, his explosion numbers were off the chart. If you can get him to play football, ooh. All right. All right. So next up are the uh, the Cleveland Browns, who had a phenomenal offseason free agency with the 26th pick. A lot of people had them taken uh linebacker. Um, but I've followed some people uh that that cover the Cleveland Browns, and that's just a position they don't really prioritize. So I'm going to take the linebacker out of the equation there, and I'm going to, once again, <clears throat> go back to the edge position. I know they they have Miles Garrett on one side. They signed Jadavid on Clowney on the other side for a one-year deal, so it's not like he's a long-term answer. This would be a perfect fit for this next guy because you can learn behind those two pass rushers Good, the good and the bad, and pretty much perhaps perfect his craft until before they really need him. So the pick is in for the Cleveland Browns. Gregory Rousseau, edge out of Miami, the U. I'm, I'm a little shocked. I'm, I, the philosophy to me, Lou, is spot on. It's the player that we might differ on, but... Oh, I don't. Not, I would the, not pick this guy. In the, I, this is a third round pick, a uh, third round guy, in my opinion. But like everybody's I said, board's different. Yep. So ne- next up, twenty seven overall, the Baltimore Ravens, the first of their two uh, first round picks. So if I'm I'm Baltimore here, I'm I'm taking a look around and I'm probably gauging more or less who I lost in the off season. Um. Matthew Judon being one of those individuals. Mm -hmm. So for me, the pick is in. And this is where I think a team gets creative. And the pick is Jason Owe, edge rusher out of Penn State. 100% I can see that. Once again, they like those yep. uber athletic. <clears throat> this is this is a guy that fits what Baltimore's trying to do, and I think they're the team that's going to roll the dice on him. Once again, Aziz Ojolari would probably be make sense there, yep. but with those medical concerns that just came out, uh, I don't. I really don't foresee them um, uh, pretty much taking a, a you know a waiver on him. So next up is the New Orleans Saints. <clears throat> so. Sean Payton has made no, you know, no no secret they need to upgrade the cornerback position. Am I right? Mm-hmm. So uh, 
And let's not forget, I, God only knows what's going to happen with Lattimore right now. And when he yeah. off the field, what, is that a six game? Is that a no game? We still have yeah. no idea. So let's get a little crazy here. Uh, the pick is in. If he's healthy, my favorite saying, if he's healthy, the New Orleans Saints take Caleb Farley at Virginia Tech. Yeah. I, if he's healthy, him and Lattimore, yep. damn. If he's here on the board and he falls this far, I don't see the New Orleans Saints passing on him in a extremely pass-happy division. Right? I, I just think this goes to my argument is our – Defensive backs more valuable than pass rushers, and I think they're going to say that we have some pass rushers. Let's bolster that. Let's let's you know finish the equation, if you will. Stop poking the bear. Go ahead. All right. So <laughs> let's stop poking the bear. So at twenty nine overall, the Green Bay Packers. What will the Green Bay Packers do? Um, they're what? not going to take another quarterback, are they? <laughs> um, I wouldn't be surprised to see them try to even slide out of this for somebody who wants to come back in for like mm-hmm. uh, Ojolari or somebody who's remaining on the board. If, Phillips. If this is, we forgot about Phillips. Yep. Um, Jalen Phillips sitting here. Um, so there's there's a couple different ways they can go. I think in their ideal world, they're looking to pick somebody, I, I think a weapon, right? But Bateman's gone. Are they reaching, you know, for for some of these these other players that are out there? So to me, I think they're gonna try to get better on the offensive line. Okay. And the pick is in. And the pick is Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan, offensive tackle. Ooh, that's a reach. Reach mm-hmm. and a half there. Okay. Um, <clears throat> I think that fits with what they do. Um, and to be perfectly honest with you, did they not reach for their backup quarterback last year? Did they not reach for their backup running back last year? Um, I just, I just think he fits a little bit what they're trying to do. Yep. Okay. So we'll go to the Buffalo Bills um, with the 30th selection and a lot of smoke. And was usually the last smoke. There's some fire to it. They want to take a little pressure. There's two ways they can go. They can go uh, go here. First way, they do need help as an edge rusher. And the fact that Phillips is here, that's probably my fault. I should have taken him with Cleveland Brown. So I'm going to say, oops, my bad. So uh, the fact that Phillips is here would make sense, right? Uh, the, the defensive end of Miami, but that's not. I don't think Phillips will probably make it to Buffalo. Like I said, maybe it would actually be Cle- uh, Cleveland. So more realistically, if I if I'm thinking what Buffalo do, you know does is take some pressure off of Josh Allen and they really want an electric playmaker in the backfield and the pick is in for the Buffalo Bills. The, with the 30th pick, the Buffalo Bills take Travis Etienne, running back out of Clemson. He will help them uh, take some pressure off and the hits off of Josh Allen. He provide another dynamic to them. Some say that he is somewhat like Alvin Kamara-esque, so that would make their their skill positions pretty scary. Yeah, I, I think they're they've been trying to find that that running back, you know, that fits their scheme, and they've they've taken 
Etienne type individuals, but I think he's the better version of what they're looking to accomplish in the first place. So mm-hmm. here we are, 31 overall, back to the second pick from the Baltimore Ravens. This was acquired in that trade for Orlando Brown just a, a few days ago. So to me, I, the pick is in, and we'll debate. So the pick is in. And this pick is wide receiver Kadarius Tony from Florida. I can see that. Uh, they really did like a Terrace Marshall, a wide receiver at LSU. But we've once again, we're beating a dead horse here. Te- players that opted out last year or have medical concerns, and there's so you're very limited, your team doctors looking at them because of COVID and what happened and what have you. So that could make them shy away from a, t- a Terrace Marshall because they were really high on him up until recently. So I think the next logical thing would be Tony. I, th- I just think Tony, in almost the same vein that the unicorn, as you've dubbed him, Kyle Pitts, creates matchup nightmares, I think Kadarius Tony does in a different manner. But I think he is a matchup nightmare. And who better to pair with my scrambling quarterback who wants to throw the ball but if this this guy almost becomes like my safety net is running all over the middle of the field and I find him and he's obviously special when the ball's in his hands yeah we must have messed up during this draft because there's two players now that should not be there uh one Greg Newsom <laughs> and yeah. also the other uh Phillips so <clears throat> we I feel like we might have messed up somewhere down there here but uh you got the the reigning champs, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the last who just seemingly get better. <laughs> yeah, who uh, pretty much they have a bunch of uh, they, they do have some needs. I think some of the cornerbacks are up on uh, contract in a year or so, so they could be taking Greg Newsom. But that being said, they do have some older. You know, they have JPP who's older too when it comes to the edge, and I think his contract's coming up soon too. There's so many different. They have what they really don't have any holes. Looking at the team, but when you don't have holes, you gotta take flyers on positions that are high priority, and that's your offensive line, your edge, uh, your quarterback. And that being said, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will, will will finish up and make their pick. Looks like Jalen Phillips will not have to go too far. He's going from Miami to Tampa. So Jalen Phillips, defensive end out of Miami. I think they would be thrilled to see that individual fall to him. I agree with you, Lou. Along the way, we made typical NFL GM moves. I messed up with Rousseau. I no, feel like no, I no. Have I mean, Jalen Mayfield, somebody's going to scratch their, their heads. But I think the point that we wanted to communicate tonight is that everybody looks at this game differently. And we're not in those war rooms. We don't know what the skill is that they covet. We can only conjecture based on predetermined rankings that aren't even done by these teams. They're mm-hmm. done by people like us and analysts and, and things of that nature. So, I mean... People will always tell you there is a screw-up, an unforeseen pick that happens in the first round, but it's out. We have our first round completed. I'm sure you're going to release your own first round. I'm going to release my own first round where there's 
nobody's fumbling the pick for you, so somebody might might still still be there. Yeah, because you like really messed up on like, eight picks. No, I'm kidding. Easily <laughs> starting with number three overall, apparently. But I know that's had a, a lot of fun going through our first first round mock together. I really enjoyed it. Obviously, I'm super excited to to get together for Thursday night um, and, and watch the first round together and see how that unfolds. I'm going to need you to probably lift me up from an emotional depression at some capacity during that. But we will be back with a, a draft a recap. recap. Yeah, and so I th- think it's only fitting, but we'll wait till after all seven rounds have been completed and we'll probably tie in a little bit of like overall offseason free agency into the draft winners and losers of the draft maybe we'll come back with some fan perspective because that was a lot of fun last time we'll maybe see how we'll, that goes hey maybe we'll have another guest but maybe we'll have another guest um but in the meantime appreciate your time as always and look forward to getting together on thursday evening sir all right stay classy